0: Welcome to episode number 289 of Sleep Whispers. Tonight you will hear a storytime episode featuring The Critic Brother by Hans Christian Andersen. I'm Harris and I hope this podcast helps to tranquilize those restless squirrels in your brain so you can relax and fall asleep. If you would like to try free access to over 400 more of my sleep-inducing episodes, then just use the link in the episode notes or visit sleepwhispers.com. All right. Tonight's story is The Critic Brother by Hans Christian Andersen with some changes and edits by me to optimize it for this podcast. Let me begin with an overview of this curious tale. It's about five brothers and Each one has a desire for a different career. Their desired vocations include being a brickmaker, a builder, an architect, an inventor, and a critic. They each think that the job that they want to pursue is the ideal job, and so they each do pursue those jobs, and they live their entire lives, then appear before St. Peter at the pearly gates. St. Peter must then decide if each one of them deserves to get into heaven. In one way, this story has a very simple moral at the end. But in another way, it says something much deeper about human nature and how we interact with each other. So, this story is either a fulcrum. For a deep rumination or discussion about criticism, or it's just a light and silly story. <laughs> Do with it as you wish. I hope tonight's story distracts your squirrels, calms your mind, and helps you to fall asleep. Now, on to Tonight's Curious Tale Tonight's story is The Critic Brother by Hans Christian Andersen. I want to be somebody and do something useful in the world, said the eldest of five brothers. I think I want to be a brickmaker Bricks are always wanted. It may be considered a low-status job, but it is a meaningful job. It's important to me that I do good. The second brother listened carefully, and then he responded, Well, that is not good enough for me. What you talk of doing is just... Journeyman's work. It could even be done by a machine. I prefer to be a builder. There is something real in that. I would gain a position in society. I would become a citizen. I would have my own sign hanging outside my own business. I would even have people working under me as part of my business. Oh yes, I do like the sound of being a builder. I think I would even progress to being a master builder. I would be in a top position in society. This is the best job for me and probably for anyone. The third brother objected. What are you babbling about? That is not a top position. There are many positions in town far above a master builder. Sure, you might be seen as a high-ranking worker, but only by other common workers. I know a better position. I will be an architect. This will place me among those who possess riches and intellect. Yes, the elite. People high in society who compare wines and speculate about art. While you, my brothers, will be wearing paper hats as laborers. I will have a fine silk hat. Granted, I will have to start low as a journeyman or apprentice. I will probably have to fetch beers for my co-workers when I start, but I will endure it because it is an end to a means, a masquerade, you might say. I will climb those stairs with determination and focus. I will continue on to the academy for higher instruction. I will learn the fine art of technical drawing and become. A talented architect. I will probably even attain a ranked title that will add prestige and flair to my name. I will create things that will be remembered. I will be remembered. A job as an architect has the best rewards of all jobs. The fourth brother started laughing. A silk hat, that is what you consider a top reward. You, my brother, have a loose goose inside your head. Sure, you'll create things, structures, structures, That will probably look like many other structures in the world. Whoop de doo. You will also still be following the lead and the command of others. That is not the life for me. I'm not a follower or an imitator of others. I will be an inventor, a Futurist builder, I will create new structures that the world has never seen. I won't create structures that are eyesores like most others, but rather ones that blend into the natural settings. My structures won't damage the environment. But instead, they will help the environment. They will be sourced from renewable and local resources. They will boost economies and communities. My structures will help to unite people, boosting national pride and connectivity. I will be remembered for my inventions, my futuristic structures, but more so I will be remembered for my genius. The fifth and last brother had not yet spoken. He was the youngest and he knew it best to let his older brother speak first, but he could not hold his tongue any longer. Genius, he said sarcastically. Oh, my brother, you are delusional and you don't understand weather, nationality, and economics. Weather is way too unpredictable for you to rely on sourcing your materials from one local climate and region. National pride is lofty, but you will see that the wind changes quickly. People can unite against something as quickly as they unite for something. You also need to understand economics. You will find that costs will limit everything you do. You will end up compromising on materials, locations, and the efforts to do anything that would be original. Most structures look the same because that is the most efficient way to do things today. Originality is inefficient, and therefore it's expensive. Most investors will just run away from that. The fifth brother continued, addressing all of his brothers. I see clearly that none of you will ever really be anything worth notice, however much you fancy it. But do as you like. I shall not imitate you. I will keep clear of all the jobs you all desire, because my station in life will be the most important. I will be the person who highlights the problems With the ideas of others, I will take on the vital position of a critic. In every action, something imperfect may be discovered, something that is just not right. I will make it my business to find that out and expose it. That was all the fifth brother said. Because he took pride in being pithy and concise, unlike his brothers. And sure enough, he did become a critic. Ironically, many people criticized the usefulness of a critic. They said about the fifth brother, He is very precise, and he has a good head. But he does nothing, and he creates nothing. So what became of these five brothers? The first brother, who fabricated bricks, discovered that it paid very well. Every brick he made put coins in his pocket. He could easily afford his visits to the baker, the tailor, and the butcher. He even enjoyed his work, and he was quite good at making quality bricks. Most of his bricks came out perfect, although some were slightly imperfect. He never used the imperfect bricks for his customers, but he did find a use for them. A poor woman named Margaret lived nearby, and she wished to build her own house. The first brother gave her all of the imperfect bricks for free, and even tossed in a few perfect ones. Because he was kind. The woman did build herself a little house with all the free bricks. It was small and narrow, and the window was quite crooked, and the door was low, and the straw roof might have been better thatched, but still, it was a shelter, and she Loved it. So, what about the second brother? The second brother had served an apprenticeship to become a builder. So clearly, he knew how to build a better house than Margaret. After his apprenticeship, he went on to become a master builder. He built one house after another in the town until they formed quite a lovely street. The houses he built allowed him to build his own house in return. This was not just because he was paid to build the other houses, but because he built them with kindness He always started on time, finished on time, and never went over budget. He also reduced some of his prices, fees, and costs for materials. This allowed the people in his community to each have their ideal house rather than a less ideal one that was barely affordable. He had gained his position. He had made himself something. And he was happy in life. What about the third brother? The third brother became an architect, and his journey was similar to how he envisioned it. He started as an errand boy and a carpenter's apprentice and he did start wearing a paper cap. Afterwards, though, he went to the academy and he rose to the title of architect as well as a high and noble gentleman. His children were considered well off and his wife was referred to as a lady of high society. He lived on the same street as the second brother, although his house, because he was an architect, was the fanciest house on the street. Curiously, the street that both the brothers lived on was named after the architect brother. This was because he gave a lot of his wealth away to local charities in his community. The citizens appreciated this, and so they named some areas of their community after him. He did seem to achieve the successful life. What about the fourth brother, the one who wanted to invent something original and be called a genius? Well, he did create some unique and original structures, although it wasn't easy. Many of the predictions from his younger brother came true. Sometimes the weather did affect supplies. Sometimes the citizens didn't support his visions. And sometimes investors only cared about the profits. But this was not always the case. Through grit, determination, and persistence, He found ideal resources, he found supportive citizens, and he found investors willing to take a big risk. Some of his original structures were celebrated and influenced the creation of future structures. He had his skeptics, but enough sung his praise that he was often referred to as a genius who saw into the future new principles and methods for building were attributed to his insights and his achievements his techniques resulted in more sustainable and earth-friendly structures he didn't just devise new methods and structures. He had created a legacy for himself that benefited the world. Now what about the last and youngest brother? Well, first, some sad news. While the youngest brother was still alive, all four Of his older brothers passed away. None of the passings were tragic, just the cycle of life coming to a close for each brother. The good news is that each brother appeared before St. Peter and was easily allowed into heaven. Each brother had been productive to their communities, and helpful to others. The first brother had given free bricks to the poor woman whose name was Margaret. The second brother had lowered his costs to help his community members build their ideal homes. The third brother had given a lot of his wealth help local charities, and the fourth brother had improved building methods which benefited the environment and society. Now the fifth and youngest brother hadn't yet reached the gates of heaven, but his day would soon arrive. Although his brothers had made their livings with their hands and their brains, the youngest had tried to make his living with his tongue. As he had desired, he became a critic, always pointing out to others what they were doing wrong. He offered his feedback as a service Businesses to help them improve, but no one hired him. Being a critic didn't seem to turn out to be a great career choice. Most people in his community didn't seem to like him. They even avoided talking to him if they could. He couldn't change, though, because He just wasn't any good at holding his tongue. He was a critic at heart, and that was his calling, even though it didn't put coins directly into his pocket. Instead, his four brothers supported him, each giving him money on a regular basis throughout his life to cover all of his bills. The day finally came when the youngest brother ascended to the gates of heaven. St. Peter greeted him at the pearly gates and asked the critic brother the usual questions. Tell me what wonderful or kind you have done on earth. I have done many, he replied. I have given advice to so many people so that they could improve their lives. That is wonderful, replied St. Peter. Who would vouch for you as recipients of your kind deeds? The critic brother froze he figured that no one would speak well of his sharp words. With hesitancy, he said, I'm afraid I don't think anyone would vouch for me. Why is that? St. Peter replied with a confused tone. The youngest brother thought long and hard, he decided to give St. Peter the most honest answer he could. I am a critic, sir. It is my nature. I get easily annoyed at the failures of others to improve their ways, so I can't help but blurt out when I see something that needs fixing, changing, or proving i can tell others don't appreciate my feedback and my tone i think they see my tongue as a weapon but truly i am trying to help st peter listened and then he replied it sounds like your heart is good but your mouth is the problem I believe you have the capacity to do something good. Here is my offer. I will give you one more day on earth to do one good deed. After these 24 hours end, you will return here, and I will judge if you have done a good deed or not. Does that sound fair? "'Yes, indeed,' replied the youngest brother happily. "'He descended back to earth "'and immediately tried to do a good deed. "'But he couldn't keep from being his usual critic self. "'He would see something being done improperly, "'and he would speak out, hoping that the other person appreciated it, but they never did. After multiple attempts and failures, his 24 hours were almost up. He was feeling drained from his efforts, so he went to a coffee shop and he ordered a beverage. He was sitting there when he noticed a woman adding milk to her coffee right up to the very tippity-top brim of the cup. He wanted to tell her not to do that because it might overflow. But he held his tongue, which he had never done before. She then picked up her almost overflowing coffee, and walked towards a table to sit down. His mouth wanted to scream out and tell the woman she was going to spill her coffee. He wasn't worried that she would burn herself because she put so much milk in there. But he knew she was going to spill some of it. For the second time ever, he bit his tongue. Sure enough, the woman sloshed her coffee as she lurched forward. It ran all down her arm and soaked the sleeve of her lovely blouse. A manager, who was standing nearby wiping down a table, quickly turned and helped her wipe the coffee off her arm and also off the floor. The woman looked at the manager and said, Thank you. I guess I learned my lesson. I won't be putting that much milk in my coffee again. The manager and the woman both laughed. The brother suddenly realized that he might have just done a good deed. By not saying anything, he helped the woman realize her own mistake. His twenty-four hours were up, and he hoped that this one deed would be good enough to get him into heaven. Back at the pearly gates, he explained his good deed to St. Peter. St. Peter paused smiled at the brother and didn't say anything. He simply opened the gates of heaven so the youngest brother could enter. With deep relief, the brother walked to the gates of heaven with gratitude for the mercy of St. Peter. Except St. Peter different reason. While the brother was on earth, St. Peter went into heaven and asked the people who had known him when they were alive if he had ever helped anyone. So many people from the brother's community said yes, even all of his brothers, St. Peter was very confused. Everyone told the same basic story. The critic brother constantly told them things they were doing wrong, and they each waved him off because they felt he was annoying. They didn't like to hear that they were doing something incorrectly. But then later, they would consider what he had said, and they would make changes, and those changes improved their businesses. The baker started using less salt in his breads. The tailor lowered the price of his alterations. The grocer did decide to stay open a little later on Fridays. And the banker, after getting an earful from the brother, redid the loan form so it was much easier to understand. St. Peter kept hearing stories like these of how the critic had helped businesses in his community improve and make more money. None of these businesses wanted to thank the critic brother directly. They had too much pride. Instead, what they did was that they each gave money on a regular basis to the brothers of the critic to secretly give to him. This was the real source of the money that the four brothers gave the youngest brother throughout his life. And they all also added some of their own money because his constant criticism of all of them motivated them to work harder and also to make changes. It turned out that the critic had helped many people in his community with his constant feedback and suggestions. And this Was why St. Peter allowed him into heaven. But St. Peter also wanted the critic to learn a lesson that sometimes it can also be helpful to just bite your tongue. So St. Peter bit his own tongue and just opened the gates of heaven and gestured for the youngest brother to enter. This is the end of tonight's Storytime episode. I hope you are deeply relaxed. If you'd like to listen to many more Storytime episodes right now, then be the episode notes, or visit sleepwhispers.com, or perhaps you are now ready to fall deeply asleep. If so, good night, sleep well.